This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we continue a theme that we started yesterday, and that theme is not to be ashamed of the gospel. And we'd like to define the word shameful or being ashamed according to the Greek and the Hebrew. It means if you have expectations and they fail to come to pass. It means to blush. It means to be confounded, confused, dishonored, to walk in reproach, to be hurt, to be disgraced, and to dishonor. We also spoke about Paul's life as an apostle. For example, he was imprisoned in Philippi, as you read in Acts 16. He was smuggled out of Berea in Acts 17, and in Acts 17 it also shows that he was mocked in Athens. He was called a fool when he went to the church in Corinth, and he was stoned in Galatia. Yet, what does a man like that, who went through so many difficulties, write to his letter in Rome? And that we find in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Paul, after experiencing all these things, wrote, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The righteous shall live by faith. We also pointed out that on three occasions, Paul doesn't refer to the gospel as the gospel. He calls it my gospel. We also looked at Luke 9.26 which says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. We also looked at what Paul wrote in Acts 20, verses 22 and 23. He said, And now behold, bound in spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. So we see how significant it is, Junie, that Paul was not ashamed of the gospel. And I believe, as you pointed out yesterday, Paul was not concerned with the immediate situation that he faced, but he had an eternal view of things which allowed him to put everything in perspective. And I think it would be good, Junie, this morning, if we spend more time looking at that verse, those verses, I should say, Romans 1, 16 and 17. I am not ashamed of the gospel. 
It, the gospel, is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, it being the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The righteous shall live by faith. And Junie, it's it's so powerful when we read the scriptures to see the connection between faith, believing, salvation, and righteousness. You know, if we go right back to the book of Genesis, we see that in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, it's speaking about Abraham, the father of our faith. It says, and Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. Faith, believing, and righteousness go hand in hand. And there's so many other verses that point this out, June. And I think if we can get hold of this, if you and I can see this more than ever before, as well as all our listeners, something could really dramatically affect our lives as long as we have breath on this earth. And you know, Shelley, Abraham lived before the law was given. Abraham wasn't a Jew. The first Jew came from Jacob's son, Judah, and that's where the term Jew came from. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob believed in the God of Israel. Now, why am I saying this? Because Abraham's obedience when God spoke to him was immediate. And when we obey the Lord, when he speaks to us, that's a form of faith. And believing God, righteousness was accounted to Abraham before the coming of the Messiah, which is amazing. It really is. It really is. And we need to see that connection for example, Junie, even when we go to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Okay, so that is, that's an explanation of salvation. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Salvation is dramatically linked to righteousness. And if we... We have become the righteousness of God through the power of Jesus' death at the cross. And we need to look, Shelley, at two things. Righteousness is doing what is right in the sight of God. And Abraham, again, obeyed God immediately when he heard the voice of the Lord say to him to go and offer his son Isaac as an offering. That means put him on the altar. And the very promise that was given to Abraham that would have affected uh, the promises following in the line of Abraham, since Isaac was his son that God recognized. The son of promise, right. Right, through Sarah. He had another son, but the son of promise came through the wife that God chose for Abraham. It was in Abraham's obedience that God saw his heart that he was willing to obey. What happened? The Lord provided the ram. 
powerful. Yes, it's very powerful because the offering which changed and allowed Isaac to have life in the earth is a picture of God providing the offering for sin for us. And we too need to hear the voice of God and obey that we might do what's right in the sight of God. Junie, Paul, writing to the church at Philippi, wrote these words. This is Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. He was saying, To be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. And perhaps, Junie, I believe one of the great hindrances for people to coming into the fullness that God has for us is they still cling, is we still cling to our self-righteousness. Self-righteousness much must be destroyed. And the only righteousness that's truly righteousness is that which comes from God by faith. Hallelujah. And the key to that, Shelley, is not reformation, reforming our own ways really? to try to be right in God's sight, but transformation and because Jesus died on the cross and became our offering for sin and was resurrected and now since the day of Pentecost has poured out his spirit to all men women and children that same resurrected life can live in you and me amen We have our, what, choice to give our heart and life and accept the Holy One of Israel, Jesus, as the Son of God and Messiah and yield every day by saying to the Lord, not my will but thine be done, asking him to guide us, asking him to show us what's on his heart for us for the day, when things go wrong, ask him, Lord, are you, what are you trying to teach me in mm-hmm. this? That we yield to the Lord and allow him, how can I say, to transform our life. Amen. That the resurrected power of God that brings salvation lives in those who are born yes, of God. And that is power in salvation unto eternity, eternal death, delivering us from it, but also on a daily basis in this life. Yes, Lord. He delivers us, he saves us, he instructs us and he guides us, and he changes us, Shelley. And he makes us righteous. Hallelujah. Amen. It's his, that's how it's his righteousness. Amen. And not our own. Another, Amen. another powerful verse, Junie, we find in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, okay, through the substitution of Jesus on the cross rather than us, we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Again, we see this incredible connection between the work at the cross that Jesus took upon him. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Junie, what a transaction. 
wow. a, a, a major transaction, but we have to ask ourselves, are we living for ourselves? That's right, really. Are we living for our own dreams and desires, or are we living for the purposes of God? Is it his life being transformed yes, that Lord. we might live uh, in him, by him, and through him. Thank you, Lord. Father, we call upon your name for yes, ourselves Lord. and for our listeners. That righteousness is more than doing acts. It's having an eternal perspective and having the righteousness of God built into us. Not our self-righteousness, but the righteousness of God. The Lord himself. That he imputes into us. I pray, Lord, that each of us would pray that in our own lives. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, Shelley and June Volk. That's Shelley and Junevolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.